Oh, what is up? Welcome to Bring in the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. Today on the show, we're talking about longtime Miami Dolphins and Houston Texans backup Sage Rosenfels. What a name. And I'm chatting with comedian Alex Gatlin, the host of the Let Me Be Clear podcast and co-host of the House Rules podcast. Two great shows. I know everyone is getting ready to vote and wear stickers. Alex is a political guy, all right? So don't blame me if he pisses you off. No one's telling you who to vote for, all right? I'm not a naked celebrity with my dick in my hand telling you how to mail a ballot. This is how you lick the envelope. It's like, yeah, dude, I know how to send mail. I'm not a millionaire with a personal assistant who sends my mail for me while I'm sexually harassing them. That's you. I'm just a broke dude that bangs my own wife and sends my own mail. All right? All right. Look, I have two announcements. First, we're on Spotify. Excited for that. We're basically on every major podcast platform, and you guys have a lot to do with that. Writing five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, telling your friends, all that's very helpful. Thank you. Second, on this episode, I talk about the YouTube page. Every episode of the pod has a companion video that only YouTube subscribers see. These videos have old QB highlights, bonus jokes for viewers, vintage photos and video of old uniform stadiums. All cool stuff if you like throwback things like me. Just go to erichelwig.com and click the YouTube button to subscribe. You can also see stand-up clips, sketches, my America's Got Talent performance, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff on YouTube. To subscribe, go to erichelwig.com. E-R-I-C-K-H-E-L-L-W-I-G. Am I really spelling my own name on my podcast? Look, if you don't like me telling you to go to my website, just wait till I'm doing some corny ads for stamps.com in six months. You'll be dreaming of the days where I was telling you how to spell my name in the intro. All right? It's Eric with a C-K, hell like the place, wig like a thing on your head. Check out my website. And if you can't find the YouTube link, I don't know what to tell you. I made it big. All right? Did you spell my name right? I'm not spelling it again. Just rewind. All right. No joke. I barely got this episode out on time. My wife and I are about to hop in the car with our dog and drive across the country. It's been a very hectic week. So whether you're a first-time listener or someone who's been with me the whole time, thank you for giving it a shot. Hope you hang out for a bit. Let's start the show. This is Bringing the Backups with Eric Helwig. Oh, fuck you, listeners. How's everybody doing? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. Is that a good way to start the show, just telling people to fuck off? That is how I feel. I had a bad week, all right? And we're going to get to it, but I don't want to take up your time with my bullshit. We got to get to the business of the podcast. That's why you guys listen. It's not for my personality, like some people say. It's because you really care about the backup quarterbacks that I randomly select. And this week we got Sage Rosenfels. Oh, man. Sage Rosenfels. This dude. This dude was very mediocre, as pretty much everybody on the podcast is. And I'm, I mean, I, when I was reading about Sage, the first thing I connected with four siblings. I have five siblings. So I'm like, this guy's, this guy's been through some stuff that I've been through, which I can appreciate. He uh, went to Iowa State, which also, I, I like Iowa State because it's like a shitty big school. I don't like rooting for the big teams 
in the Power Five. But if it's somebody who, like, just gets their ass kicked. I remember reading something about he won a bowl game in 2000. It was the first time they'd won a bowl game in 108 years, which is fucking hilarious. Just imagine being a fan of a team that hasn't won any major game for 108 years. That's generations of your family just watching a team get its ass kicked. Very, very relatable. And also, I'm talking like I don't root for a a football team that's been horrible. I root for Army football. Yeah, it's no, it's very bad. Who made that uh sound? The the guest is not here, audience, okay? That's, I just want you to know, that was, uh, uh, it was Gordon, that's who it was. This week's guest, Alex Getlin, is not sitting four feet away from me waiting for me to bring him in, all right? That's not what it is. I swear on my life, that's not what it is. And on the life of anyone I love. <laughs> it includes my dog. It includes my wife. This is definitely getting cut. There's no way that's staying in the show. That's a horrible thing I just said. No, I like Army football. And it's they run the triple option offense from uh, the playbook is from 1903. Watching the triple option offense is like watching ice melt in a cup that's slightly below freezing. It takes <laughs> the average drive goes about 45 minutes. The game takes exactly 1 hour to play. It's basically just n- trying to not play football. So anyway, what I'm saying is I definitely am with Sage Rosenfels, a kid who's I believe from Iowa. I believe he's from Iowa. And when I say I believe, I mean I have no fucking idea where he's from. This is just easier for the conversation if that's where he's from. But that is coming straight out of my ass. But let's assume he's from Iowa. He went to Iowa State, and they had some success with him. Right? He goes 8-3 and three in his senior year, 2000. He's rated the second-best quarterback in the draft that year, even though his college numbers are really bad. I actually pulled him up here. Let me take a look at this right here. Sage Rosenfeld's college... He threw 18 touchdowns and 26 interceptions. He completed 52% of his passes. How was he the second best quarterback in the year 2000? I don't know. I, I, that does not make any sense to me. I mean, maybe people were having like, like had a premonition that 9-11 was going to happen in a couple of months and were just playing poorly. But he seemed, he apparently was horrible in college, but somehow got drafted, gets drafted by the Washington Redskins. All right, plays for Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Ball. Run on first down, run on second down, punt on third down. Marty Ball doesn't play a snap, which is going to be a theme throughout his career as he is, again, not very good. Second year goes to Miami. He ends up in Miami for four years. Plays for Dave Wonstadt for the first three years. And then Nick Saban, our boy, Alabama, Nick Saban, Comes in to play with Sage. And I'll say that season, that's 2005. So now his fifth year in the season, fourth season in Miami. Sage has like the, like he starts a game, gets into four games, and has a couple pretty memorable games in 2005. And I'm going to go through these because, again, the reason you listen to this podcast is not for my personality. It's, it's not. Again, I'm not talking to the comic right now. I'm just yelling at, the wall, like I normally do. 2005. Rosenfels comes back against the Bills in week 13. That's what it was. He threw three fourth quarter, or no, they've had, they scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He threw two touchdowns and they won. Amazing. Then two weeks later, 
Comes in against the Jets week 15, again relieving Gus Farratt. That's a dude who gave himself a concussion, ramming his head against the cement wall after he threw a touchdown. One of my favorite injuries of all time. Gus Farratt, that, that's a YouTube-worthy search right now. Gus Farratt injures own head. Highly recommend it. Replaces Gus Farratt, does the same thing against the Jets. I know that because I uh, YouTubed the uh, the clips that like pop up on uh, Monday Night Primetime. And it's Chris Berman. He keeps calling uh, the quarterback, Sage Rosenfels, Drew Rosenhaus. Like, that's the agent. I think Chris Berman knows two Jews, and he confuses their names on every time he does highlights. So he's like, Drew Rosenhaus throws a touchdown pass to whoever the fuck. But yeah, Rosenfels plays very well, but then he gets traded in 2006. He goes to Houston, plays for Gary Kubiak for three years. He goes 6-4 and in 10 starts over the course of three seasons, which is, again, right down the middle of the plate for this podcast, right? Mediocre quarterback, 6-4 and as a starter, we'll take it. That's what you want. That that's like peak backup, you know. You look think of Tom Brady peak. He's throwing eighty five touchdowns for nine seasons in a row. Peak backup is six and four over three seasons. Well done, Sage. Ties an NFL record in one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Which, if you, uh, by the way, you should if you guys want to see what the things I'm talking about instead of just hearing my my beautiful radio voice. Subscribe on YouTube because I. Uh, stupidly cull all the highlights from these quarterbacks together to try to make like an homage to their careers. And so far, 15 of you are watching every week. So motherfuckers, I'm not going to do that for much longer unless you start subscribing to my page. And this is going to lead into why I'm, I'll just say why I'm pissed now. Fuck Sage Rosenfels. All right. One of my friends on Facebook did, they posted, they're like, Hey, send me your YouTube links. I want to subscribe to my friends pages. So I'm like, oh, okay, and I, I send the link. I just post my link, and then a bunch of people start commenting, and they're like, hey, follow my link. I'll follow you back. I'm like, oh, okay. So it's like a follow-for-follow follow thing, which I've – I don't know if YouTube's considered social media, but fucking 50 people follow me. Like my page goes up above 100 subscribers, which it was at like five a couple months ago when I started it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And yeah, granted, a lot of the people, like, this is like an old person I did improv with, so it's a lot of, like, musical theater kids singing to each other over Zoom and shit like that. Like, my algorithm's basically having a nervous breakdown. Like, what the fuck are you watching? It's a lot of horrible comedy and, uh, you know, people talking about finding out they're gay. So that was, that's what my thread is. But I subscribed to everybody's page. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll watch new shit. Like, to me, that's healthy. Like, throw a wrench into the fucking eye of Sauron like staring at us, taking all of our data. Yeah, fuck you. Maybe I just, it definitely whoever's monitoring my YouTube thinks I am gay now. I just discovered I was gay yesterday. I get 50 subscribers. Like I said, I go, I think I went from like 80 to 125 or something. Wake up this morning, I'm back down to 94. These motherfuckers unfollowed me in the night. They followed to get, because you can't tell. Who's following? Like, like that's not, YouTube doesn't have that capability. So these fucking theater kids screwed me. I only ended up with like nine followers. Unbelievable. You know, you think of like when you're a kid and you're like the football kids are the bullies. 
and the theater kids are just like, they're just these warm-hearted people. They're fucking assholes, too. They were just skinnier and shorter when they were kids. That's it. They're bullies the same way everybody else is a bully. I am fired up. Bring in the backups. I got fucked. I got fucked. Oh. I, this is what I woke up to. This, this is why I'm mad, all right? This, I, I, literally, I'm recording this. It's 11 a.m. I found this out an hour and a half ago. I already had scheduled the podcast. I probably should have done some fucking yoga or something and chilled out before I started recording. But you know what? Never, I mean, never again. The next time somebody posts something like that, I'm going to post a gif of a monkey taking a shit or something. Like, I'm never <laughs> going to put myself in a position to be this let down by fucking kids singing Adina Menzel to each other, pretending to like my stand for five seconds, and then unfollowing me in the night. Jesus, like the like they're fucking like George Washington sneaking across the river to kill those people during the revolution. What was that attack? I'm I'm not talking to myself again. Alex Getlin not sitting right across from me for the ease of editing. He's not here. But Alex, if you were here, what was the name of that battle? You remember that where George Washington sneaks across the river, the Delaware. That could be it. I know the story. I don't know the name of the battle. Okay. Great. Now pretend like you're not here for another 10 minutes while I get through this Sage Rosenfeld shit. But yeah, anyway, whatever. What was, I don't remember where I was. Gary Kubiak. Oh, no, no, no. I remember what I wanted to talk about. So there's a game that's the Texans and the Titans. This is in, uh, what year is this? Ooh. Want to th- say 08? 07 or 08? The Texans are down 32-7 to in the fourth quarter. Sage Rosenfeld throws Four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, which is an all-time NFL record. Ties the record. They get two onside kicks at the end of the game. Like, they get an onside kick. It gets penalized. Then they do it again, get the kick a second time, throw a Hail Mary, go up, and then the Titans get the ball with 30 seconds left. They throw basically a Hail Mary, get in field goal range, and Rob Baronis... How about a weird throwback name? Rob Baronis kicks his eighth field goal of the game, also an NFL record, Titans win. And I think there's something beautiful about a backup quarterback coming in, having a fucking insane game. He didn't even start the game. It was a shop, gets injured. Rosenfels comes in. He also threw two interceptions that were terrible. <laughs> Did you really see why this guy is not very good when you watch the highlights? I mean, he sucks. But whatever, he hit a cheat code in the game he was playing and somehow threw four touchdowns in five minutes, brought them all the way back, and then it doesn't happen at the end. Tough sledding for Sage Rosenfels, but that's a game I recommend the, uh, the highlights if you want to see Chris Berman confusing the only two Jewish men he knows. You can Google Titans-Texans. I want to say 07. I think it's 07. Might be 08, but you know. Again, there's 15 of you watching the YouTube videos, so how about you just go fuck yourself instead? Oh, so that's pretty. That's basically the end for him. I mean, after 2008, he goes Minnesota, Giants, Dolphins, back to Minnesota over the course of three years, and his only action was taking a knee three times in 2010 behind Eli Manning and holding field goals, which is important. You know, someone's got to hold them. The one job I could do. You just put the ball down and then close your eyes and hope somebody doesn't take your finger off. 
That's actually not true. It does take probably a lot of uh, hand-eye coordination to catch the ball from the center. So, you know, again, I'm full of it. But I feel like if there was a job in the NFL that I could learn to do, it would be that job. I would just be the worst placeholder in NFL history. But I would still, you know, they'd, they'd make a couple. I mean, the kicker would have to just really be kicking way above his head to do that. Oh, I also thought it was fun. I wrote down the receivers he threw touchdowns to. David Anderson, Kevin Walter, Jeff Puditzer, and Andre Davis. Look at those throwbacks to that old game that he had against the Titans. Once he got out of football, I got to say, I, I'm always, it's always cool to have guys on the show that did something cool with their life after football. Because usually it's like they disappear for five years to deal with their addiction to painkillers. And then, uh, you know, they hopefully survive their suicide attempt. And then they work in real estate <laughs> or they coach at their old high school football team. That's usually what happens. Some of them own car dealerships. That's a thing. Car dealerships is a thing. Uh, it's like, and it's weird. It's like in the NFL, it's car dealerships. In the NBA, it's car washes. But like the, I'd say that I'd say those are like the two most common, probably. Hmm? What do baseball players do? What do baseball players do? I don't know. I, I can only think of Lenny Dykstra, and he got like a federal indictment for embezzling money. But I don't think that's normal. Right, yeah. I feel like baseball play. I here's what I think baseball players do. I think baseball players go into uh, broadcast announcing a lot more because there's so many like like teams. Yeah, like like there's so many jobs in baseball. It's like it's kind of like the military budget. It's like they just it's so inflated with yeah. just crap that nobody needs. So like if you can put two sentences together, I think you have a job, you know, talking about the Burlington Bees. Dude, that's how you know baseball is like the least important of all these sports. It's like just let them play. Somebody will mosey by and watch it. I don't know. It's like I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's called a pastime. It's not even a sport. It's America's pastime. Yeah, I've said before, it's like uh, it's America's pastime because it's people pretending to work. Right, exactly. So that's why it's yeah. America's sport is because it's it's literally like watching somebody just go to a day job. All right, so let's so I want to talk about what Sage did after his uh, his NFL career, which is impressive. He's a writer for the Athletic Minnesota, which I have the Athletic on my phone. I I love those guys, friends of the show, the Athletic. Give me a call for a sponsor, ship deal sponsorship deal why did i say that so weird i like made that two words i made that two sentences i was like sponsor beat ship he calls iowa state games as a color analyst which is great i actually it's funny i was like looking up his clip it said sage rosenfell highlights it was like the first thing that pops up on youtube i clicked it it was him talking like he has more highlights as an announcer than he does as a player Made me laugh a little bit. Uh, he's one of 67 Jewish players to ever play in the NFL. That number's not exact because I just counted. Um, so I don't know. That could be wrong. And then he, now he's a stand-up comedian. I saw this. Isn't that crazy? So, Alex, uh, well, you know, if, I, as, okay, look, guys, I, I was lying. Alex is here. But before he, before he officially comes in on the podcast, I need to give this guy a true intro. Okay, because he deserves it. He really does. Uh, and I want to say, too, I appreciate you coming in last minute. The original guest for this podcast was going to be Drew Brees, but he shattered his clavicle. So Alex was actually our backup guest, but he was able to make it in. 
Uh, Alex is uh, he hosts the podcast Let Me Be Clear, which is a amazing show where he talks in detail about his political views, which are I guess centrist, libertarian, and make sure he will never work in a writer's room in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, and then he also hosts House Rules with his wife Rachel, which is a very funny show as well, which I've listened to. I see clips of it on Instagram all the time. So uh, yeah, Alex, welcome into the show, man. How are you doing? Good. Do you want to turn up my volume? I think I'm- yeah, I probably should turn up your yeah, volume. Yeah, there we go. So- I mean, it's up to you. It's your show. But, I want to uh, keep you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you guys, I'm going to plug, let me be clear real quick. It was previously called Thin the Herd. It was more yeah. of a funny, silly show, and just I've kind of gravitated into that like political realm. Like you said, I don't identify with any party. They're all idiots to me, mm-hmm. but I just get my take on it. But all the old episodes of Thin the Herd are still up, so your episode is there. We you know talk about your That's AGT right. appearance and all that fun stuff. So you guys can so listeners of this, if you just type in Eric Helwig or if you sift through the old episodes, you'll find it. It's there. Um, what a professional cross promotion pitch that was. You had you that go. ready to go, man. I was, that's, I'm actually hosting another podcast. A friend has one and she asked me to fill in and host it. So I'm literally leaving straight from here, going to another one. So oh, really? Yeah. Nice, and, I have, man. and I have a new podcast coming out in January that I'm partnered with the cannabis company on and they're like basically funding me to do it and then put their branding on it. So I have a lot of, you know, so I say, fuck the writer's room, man. I don't care. Just, I'm all in on... <laughs> I'm just fucking no, with you, No, I man. know. But you're, you're totally right. That's true. Of course, yeah. yeah. I'm, this is me making sure I'll never get hired yeah. for a job. Are you... Um, you have, so you're going to have three podcasts. Correct. How do you have enough time to annoy your family by not taking a solid position on what's going on in the country? How do you oh, find the time to piss off everyone you know and love? Because that's I, what I've been doing... In every conversation I have. I think it I think it drives me in a bit. I will say, honestly, what's funny, so Rachel and I, we talk about a lot of we talk about a lot of things in our uh, show we do together, House Rules, but a lot of it now gravitates into what's going on in the country and issues and stuff. And it's funny because she's like she gets really frustrated at me sometimes because we have different views on certain things and I'll just like hit her with like facts, 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 facts. And then, yeah, which always works by the way. People (laughs) love that. And I'm just, cause I'm really good at like retaining certain information and but she'll say, she's like, you have forced me to actually educate myself. Like she's like, I know how I feel emotionally, but because I want to like be able to go back and forth with you, I have to do like the hard research about certain issues and stuff. So it's just, you know, sure. Yeah. Um, but yes, I annoy the shit out of her and well, a lot of my friends, I can tell, they're just like, can we just talk about something else? I'm like, that's, f- that's fine. I don't – if you want to go, I'll talk about yeah. it. If not, we can talk about Breaking Bad or something. I don't care. No, I've I, – I, I, I don't know. I don't really get into politics too yeah, much yeah, on this sure. show. But, like, I mean, I'll just say generally speaking, my, my politics are basically that whoever I'm talking to, yeah. I get annoyed at a certain point, and sure. I've memorized enough facts to annoy them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, let me see if I can Smart. make – this conversation suck enough so that someone else changes the subject. And what I'm, what I'm getting better at doing is just going like, let's talk about something else. Totally. Because I, I do the same thing with the factual. Like, let me, you know, let me just beat you over the head with this fact <laughs> right. and, and drive past the fact that you're clearly having an emotional response and I should right. try to at least respect that and give that space. Sure. I'll tell you the level I'm at. And right. I, don't, I don't consider myself like, I think I'm an emotionally, I'm an emotionally intelligent person. Yeah. But like, it's like if I stub my toe, right? I've told my my wife will go, "Oh, are you okay?" I've told my wife to not say anything to me when I hurt myself, <laughs> yeah. to stare at me with dead eyes, 
<laughs> and literally zero emotion. Right. And so I'll like I'll cut myself or something. I'll go put a band aid. Be like fuck. Wash it off, and then I'll, like, after 15 or 20 seconds, the pain starts to go away. I'll look over at my wife, who's just staring me dead in the face, not saying anything. I love it. And I'm like, it makes me laugh, and I feel better. There you go, But, like, dude. when people are, like, I don't know, like, the emotional response, like, it, it definitely kicks something up in me where I'm like, I got to yeah. come back with, like, a fucking. Oh, right. I get what you're saying Here's a study. Now. I've memorized four things, sure. well, and that's... I'm going to hit you with them right now. You see, and that's, so I, I like, like you were saying, I'm centric. I don't identify with any party. I just don't like things that are, like, inefficient or, like, impractical. It's just not. Sure. It's not what I'm into, right? Um, I know. I raised my voice. Sorry. I get a little worked up. Oh, you um, saw me going for the dials? No, I. you're professional, man. I dig it. Yeah. All but right, but right. my thing is I just um, – you know what we really – we don't – we can move away from the politics stuff in a second. But we don't actually have a left and right divide in this country. What we really have are people on the internet who are obsessed with their partisan bullshit and the rest of us. And they are trying to force everybody to be like, you have to care about this. You have to care about that. And it's like I don't – I just want to fucking like live my life and be able to go to things again. I don't care. I who I do not care who becomes president. I know that I'm a Nazi or evil, whatever. Like, <laughs> I do not care. You know why? Because they're both fucking the same. When you really think about it, they're not that different. And it, you're you're selling yourself a false reality if you think that either one of them is going to you know save us or change anything. And just go back to doing the thing you did before you thought the world was ending. That's what's going to make your life better. Yeah. I just noticed the "Don't Tread on Me" tattoo on the side of your face. It looks great, and I I want to get the name of that guy that did that work because it does look good. Uh, so this is what I want to talk about. Yeah. And you you said you pulled something up on your phone. Well, you mentioned it, but I, I was researching Sage because I was curious. Like, oh, because, you know, I like— You know nothing about football. That's what you told me well, before. Well, I don't follow it. Like, if, if you and I—if if you um, were like, hey, I got an extra ticket to the Rams, I would be like, fuck yeah, I want to go. Like, I, I enjoy being at sports live. Sure. Or if I'm hanging out with friends, sometimes I'll throw a little money on a game just to, like, make, like 20 bucks. Like, something's why there's some— Interest, but I don't do fantasy. I don't follow. I don't care who wins. Um, so that's like you know. But I, I know, like I know enough. Um, and so I was researching Sage for this episode. I wanted to have some info, and I saw that he like did, did comedy, right? It's like God. It's like of course <laughs> everybody who's remotely famous when they fail at their favorite thing, their first thing, they always go to comedy as the fail. Safe. Well, because I don't know if you know this, Alex, but comedy is just saying words into a microphone. There's no skill involved. In it. It, it doesn't take years of getting your ass kicked. You know the 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 thing I saw. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I get it. That like why not try it right you know and I mean he may- there's no actual hate for the guy I know, like like, like I know. yeah we're 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 playing curmudgeons here but the 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 truth of the way I feel is anytime somebody gets up with a microphone and and with the intent to tell stand up yeah. I'm like you're a stand up you're a stand up mm-hmm. we can talk about it you're obviously gonna eat shit if you've never done it before never sure. done mics but like I'm curious how he did well you know because the vid you watch the video. No, I haven't seen it. I, okay, just, so I just looked on his Wikipedia. There's a video of him doing stand-up. Well, there, here's how you know he did not do well. Oh, okay. Because there is a video of him doing stand-up, and there's other comics. Steve Ranazizi oh, is shit. on the show, yeah. and there's another some other comic that I recognize the name, but a yeah. lower level. Sure. And then Sage <laughs> on the stand-up lineup for the show. And they're showing, like, a four-minute, like, hey, this happened yesterday at the community center. Oh, God. And when they get to the part where he's doing stand-up, they just show the video and they're talking over it. Oh my! Like they show God. the other comics <laughs> crushing, yeah. and then they they just like 
They show the video and different audio. So there's no way. Of course. There's no way he did well. But Yeah, for sure. But it's also like he played professional football. Like the stakes of – like the guy's been like hit by the scariest, biggest men in the country. Over sure. And over. You know what I'm saying? So going and talking to a mic shouldn't be – I mean, I know it's a different sort of thing, but it's like he's faced fear in a different way. I'm sure he could do stand-up. Yes, but I have friends that have done multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan that are like, I could never do I, I get improv. It. Like, or like <laughs> yeah, just stuff like that where I'm like, really, dude? Right. Like, you guys fucking get shot at. Like, that's so much more. But but it really is like, it, it's a different type of, it's, sure. it's, it's, obviously, it's a very different. Yeah. The the act of going through something that you're scared of, I res- I totally respect. Totally, but as comics, it's fun to just shit on people doing it dude, for the first course. time, and especially people who, even though he's a backup quarterback, dude made a ton of money. Yeah. He's doing very well in his non. If he was like, like a like a homeless guy doing yeah. stand-up that someone like caught a photo of five years ago, was like, right. is that Sage Rosenfels doing stand-up? Yeah, he, he pissed his pants. I wouldn't be making fun of him, but he's he's on TV, he's still yeah, on radio shows. I, yeah, I think it's fucking... great to make fun of them. I the only thing I don't like is when comics get very like possessive of like, oh, they don't have the right to do comedy, and it's like, fuck you. They, oh, can I curse on here? Sorry. You can, no. Yes, you can. Even I, I do so many podcasts that I always try to not curse unless it's like this is beside the point. It curse fucking a. All right, so All right, yeah. I hate when comics like mostly open micers do this when they see someone like Sage and they can like probably fill a room because they have notoriety and they get very like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a disrespect to the art. And it's like, th- there's there's no respect to the art, you idiot. Like, he moved <laughs> tickets, people came to see him, move the fuck on. Yeah, there's business and art have to dance. Yeah, dude. And for some, I, I guess Sage Rosenfels is a draw. I mean, I don't know, if, if I was like... Maybe, maybe in his town or wherever it was. If know. I was in a, if I was living in uh, fucking Lake Charles, Louisiana, and right. I saw Sage Rosenfels is doing stand-up sure. tomorrow night, I'd be like, I'll go see how what that's like. What a weirdly specific... I don't remember, like, is that somewhere you're from, Lake Charles, Louisiana? I, li- I lived in Louisiana oh, okay. first, oh, so okay. yeah, I had a okay. place to pull there. Do you remember Bagel Boss? Do you remember this guy? He was, like, an Instagram celebrity for a second. No. He was just, like... It was one of the... This is insane. This relates to stand-up. He's, like, five feet tall, and this video went crazy viral of him screaming at a lady at a bagel restaurant or, like, a bagel bakery-type place for some... I don't know what. He was, like, having a temper tantrum, and then this grown man, like, you're my size, like, tackled this guy because he looked like he was about to, like, start hitting people. So he went crazy viral, got known as the Bagel Boss, and then he got to headline the Long Island Comedy Club one night. And it was this whole thing where it's like, Bagel Boss from Instagram. And and the video went live. He wore shorts on stage. He had his face painted. It looked like, remember Sting from WCW? Sure, yeah, yeah. It looked like that. And so once I saw that, I was like, yeah, let's all let everybody do it. Why not? You know, I remember Charlie Sheen going on a stand-up tour and like a video leaked and he was just, he's like eating it and like screaming at the audience and on heroin or whatever he was doing. And it was just such a, here's the thing, like people don't respect stand-up, but those people who like Sage Rosenfels that got up and tried it, they respect it because when he did it that one Night, October 10th, 2018, with that show. What a glorious evening. He, he felt the flop sweat. Yep. He was like, oh, this is not like reading a cover two defense. This is really hard. And now when he talks to people, he's like, yeah, it's really, really fucking hard. That's a good point, actually. And like, I, mean, I remember, yeah, because like, 
if you want people to respect stand up, let them try it. Right. right. I mean, they're, you know, they're not going to do good if they've never, if they've never tried, if they've truly never tried it. You know they're not going to. What, what's that for? Is that for Those your are headphones? Because I, I thought I was quiet, and then I realized my headphones were quiet, not what my voice. A professional move. He reached onto my roadcaster and upped his own headphones. Everybody, that was. I'm. I'm hard. That was well. That was well done. <laughs> Can I, I? I. By the way, I also was thinking. A lot, I wanted to prepare for your show, and I wanted to present my favorite backup quarterback. Would you mind if I gave him a shout out? Could I? Could yeah, I, sure, sure. Uh, I, I just want to give a shout out to Willie Beeman. Um, <laughs> he played for the Miami Sharks. You guys. You know, I'm um, really beaming. Yeah, I keep the ladies. Creaming. I think arguably the most famous backup quarterback of all time. One of yeah, I, I, it's either him or it's uh, uh, Palco from. Um, uh, oh no, I'm saying I guess you're right because who's the guy from the replacements that Keanu Reeves oh, plays? Oh yeah, I don't remember, but that guy too. Correct. Okay. But here's the thing: I didn't know his name, so clearly <laughs> right. Willie Beeman. I knew Willie Beeman's song. Right. Yeah. Dude, that speech in. Uh, was it any given Sunday? That's correct. The yes, the Pacino yep. speech. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. I listened to it. It's one of my favorite movies. So I love football movies because mm-hmm. I'm in like the game of football is fascinating to me. I really and I love athletes like pro athletes. I'm so amazed by what they can do. I just don't. Sure. I think what it is with me in sports is I grew up around a lot of guys who were like so into the fantasy like games and whatever it was too much and because i like wasn't a, like i just didn't have the interest they were like eh, all right we're getlin's not a part of this and yeah. it just sort of turned me off like i don't mind it like i you know and watching an incredible game fun but i just don't care about like oh like rg3 had 10 for the thing <laughs> and the, it's like what, I, whatever well the, i i got a, i was doing fantasy for a couple years yeah. and i got out because it did start to feel a little um it started to feel a little clickish, and it just and it and it yeah, honestly ruined the way that I watch games because, as people in this podcast listeners know, I love underdogs. Oh uh, yeah. So I like I literally go like when I'm watching a game, I'm like, has one of these teams not won a Super Bowl? Is one of these teams zero and twelve? I'm rooting for that team. But when you've got fantasy, you have yeah. players on every team, so it changes the way right. you watch the game. And that some people sense. are like, it makes it so much more. Interesting, but I never gamble, yeah. and I like rooting for underdogs, so it actually kind of messed with the way that I watch football in a way yeah. that I didn't like. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, I just um, – anyway, I will say this. Back to the to the Pacino thing. That speech was incredible. I, it, I don't know. But Billy Bob Thornton's in Friday Night Lights might have been my favorite I never saw. I never saw the Friday Night Lights really? movie. I watched the show, but I never watched the movie. I never saw the show, but the movie is – I don't want to oversell it, but it's great. Um, yeah. Those are my two favorite coach speeches of, like, any film. I like the coach speech in Rudy. Mm. You remember that one? I mean, I know it's like Rudy. Two, it's like I've, two sentences. I haven't seen it in so long, so, oh, okay. Because <laughs> this is our house. No one comes into our house and pushes us around. You know who my favorite, actually, my favorite film sports coach was the basketball coach from Teen Wolf? Because I do you remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, he was such Vaguely. a he was just like a dead. He's like a divorced dad. Like I remember, like the team was awful. There was like a scene where he's like eating a hard boiled egg, not paying attention, like while they're playing. And then Michael J. Fox becomes the Teen Wolf and like just dominates. And then like he's like, oh my god, my team is good now. <laughs> that movie sucked. And I, I actually remember. T- I remember. I remember the sequel better than I remember the uh, original, which is. I have never seen the sequel. Well, sequels. Not- I like. T- I've, to be fair, I haven't seen Team Wolf in like probably twenty years, but yeah, I think it was good when I saw it. But Maybe. also, who knows? Who knows that that stuff? Sometimes stuff holds up, and like yeah. a show that uh, one that holds up 
really well is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1989. Mm, nice. Um, there's like zero CGI in it, so they it's just yeah. like short men doing karate in turtle costumes. It's really funny. It's also like 80s, early 90s dark. Like, mm. like they didn't know how to make like a kids action movie yet. So right. there's there's scenes where like people get murdered horrifically, and they're just like, Whoa, whoops! And you're like, I watched this when I was five. It's crazy. It's so funny. I haven't. I mean, I've seen those. I remember that, and they went to like China or Japan for the second one, right? Yeah, but everything after the first. Well, so I, the second one is the Secret of the Ooze, and that's where oh, like Kevin okay. Nash, the wrestler, so, is Shredder. So that's in America. They went to Asia for one of them. Maybe yes, the third I think one. the third one. Okay. Um, the secret of the all of those all of those tonally are completely different. Yeah, it's just the first okay. movie. I'll and rewatch it. Yeah, and like, I remember I, I, I read a story or an article about how it was made, and it was like it was kind of shot like an indie movie. Like they made it for like under twenty million dollars or something. Yeah. So they the stories about them running out of budget and how like the costumes were malfunctioning halfway through, and how they had to kind of like improvise while shooting to make it happen. But it is uh, – Talk about your underdog story, right? Oh, my God, dude. I mean, it's such a go- – I mean, there's a part in that movie where the turtles are at a – they're at an old farmhouse. Yeah. And uh, Raphael is injured, so he's in a bathtub. And uh, April O'Neil's washing his shell slowly. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're sketching each other and fixing cars <laughs> and doing meditative, like, yeah. uh, ritual summoning of their – of Splinter. Right. And you're like, what the fuck kind of movie is it? Like, they just went to a farmhouse for 15 minutes. Yeah, of the it's literally like a huge chunk of the movie is just them like collecting their chi before they go back to they, like to fight Shredder to fight Shredder. Didn't Shredder have like an army of teenage ninjas? Like, like, like yeah, humans. Sam, Sam Rockwell. He was one of them. His first movie is the the Ninja Turtles movie. Which is he Shredder? No, he's the kid. Oh, I was he's gonna, like a kid. I was gonna say, yeah, he's one of the punks. He's like that makes sense. Right. And then like Splinter is like because Shredder's like a buff, like macho dude, right? No, he's like a he's like an agile Asian man. Oh, I thought he was like you're like, you're, you're confusing the shitty ones that came after the uh, first Turtles movie. Shredder's okay. like he's like a he's like a man from somewhere in Asia that does karate, and Splinter was his rat. And his, and he was like mimicking the karate while his master was doing it, and then he gets in the ooze, right? And like it, him and the turtles grow, oh. but it's like it's a revenge where's, story. Where's the ooze from? Do we know? Does that it the, doesn't matter? The justification like, is like so one day we were walking, and was, there was ooze. <laughs> there was ooze. <laughs> Wait, which one had Vanilla Ice? That must have been the sequel, dude. You have to watch the. You're, you're I'm gonna go back and rewatch it. Yes, you're, okay. you're you're pulling all stuff from the shitty one, like um, okay. the, the I, jokey one. This one is like why? it's a gritty okay. New York all right. movie. Got it. I don't know why I'm getting so fired up about this. You're very passionate about this film. Uh, originally, when I was thinking of podcasts to do, I was yeah. going to do a podcast where I just made the guest watch the first Ninja Turtles movie, and we talk about it over and over again. Two of my friends have a podcast called Series Finale, and every episode they re- they review a different last episode of the oh series. Oh, my God. Hey, Liz, you got to come out here for a second. You got to repeat that yeah, to my wife. It's a great. It's so she, funny. She's going to laugh. Are you coming? Well, this is, this is great. Oh, there we go. Okay, so I was saying two of my friends, they're very funny. I don't know if they still do, but they have a podcast called Series Finale, okay. where every episode they review a different series finale of like all different kinds of shows. So yeah. 
like West Wing, Sopranos. Is this was this what our idea was? Saved by the Bell. We had it. What our idea was? We had an idea to watch the last five minutes of a we show. We had an or idea to watch like the last scene of a TV series we never watched. And we would call it spoiler alert, and then we would say what we think happened the rest of the series. You'd still do it? Why not? All right, that was it. You can go back to this. Sorry. Well, I don't know. I, I thought I thought you'd be more fired up about that. Know. That was our idea. Well, they did the whole episode, but was, oh, okay, yeah. But it was the last episode of a series. Well, guys, this has been great. <laughs> Liz, get out of here. Pitch <laughs> uh, We we have another idea for a show called Quarantine, where okay. every we've been having a lot of fights mm-hmm. in quarantine. I love it. So every show we. Go through one of our fights. Yeah. We have a guest as a referee. And then at the end of the show, the referee decides who actually was right. Whenever, you, whenever you start this, Rachel and I both would love to ref this show. That would be so Dual funny. refs. Yes. Dual refs. I love it. Or even, I, or even we'll do like a spinoff episode where like I'll coach you and she'll coach Liz. And then we like have you guys – and then we'll have like an f- extra person to like ref it, right? But it's like – where, like, your counter, like, tag team argue, right? Yeah. The first fight on Quarantine will be Liz's reaction to you telling her spoiler alert five <laughs> seconds ago. Because you had fight? you had no reaction to it. No, you're off mic. I can't. You're off mic. They okay. can't hear you right now. See, I love is, you, Eric. This is why guys like you and me just need a little money because we have all these ideas, and you know how much work this takes. And if you can just hire someone to just hey set it up, I'm going to show up, I'm going to talk, I'm going to go home, and they just do the rest. It, God, I mean, like that's all I want. Yeah, yeah. I don't need stuff. I don't want a fancy house. I, you know, I don't. You don't want a job in a writer's room. Fuck that. you. I want 38 podcasts. Yes. <laughs> I just want one or two people that just work for me full time that I'm like, I'm just going to show up, do the creative part, and I pay you guys handsomely to do everything else. Yeah, absolutely. It's a dream. It's the dream. It's doable. It's just going to take time. Yeah. Um, we're doing it right now. I, uh, I wanna, there's something I did want to read to you. Please. Um, this, uh, this made my day. So I found a review from the comedy show that, he, that oh, Sage did. Hell yeah. So again, this is for Late Night Tailgate. It's a good name. October 10th, 2018. Uh, this is on Gold Star. Gary Huber attended. I don't know who Gary Huber is, but this yeah. is a review from Gary Huber. He gave it three out of five stars. Sounds honest. He wrote, this team of four hasn't been together long, and it showed. Not much chemistry. <laughs> Steve and Sarah were good early. Sage didn't bring much. And I'm surprised the radio personality wasn't more entertaining. They weren't bad. A nice night out. The best bit was, can you put this on an NFL jersey? All right. I mean... That doesn't sound – look, yeah, to, to say that he didn't bring much is great. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would have thought it was like Steve and Sarah were good early on. Sage Rosenfels forgot every joke, got mad, yeah. threw the microphone into the crowd, and started acting out plays from high school. I wonder if he, like, did mics and stuff to prep. But... That would be – this would be the question that if we ever had him yeah. on. But, well, it's funny too yeah. that bit now, like hearing because that was in 2018. That mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I could imagine the humor of "Can you put this on an NFL jersey?" And then now they're like allowing them to put their like favorite protest slogan or whatever. Is sure, that, right? Isn't that a thing? That is so, a thing. So it's like you couldn't re- the joke wouldn't work the same anymore because everybody would immediately think like, "Oh, <laughs> what what cause are you supporting?" Yeah, a lot of things wouldn't work from two years ago. Yeah, God, <laughs> it's, just like, it's a different world, man. Um, Ugh, I know. Let just, me. Here's what we're gonna do next. I uh, I wrote some roast jokes. I love it. And uh, I who, uh, who are we roasting? 
We're roasting Sage Rosenfels. Oh, that makes sense. Duh. Yeah, yeah. So let me pull it up here for you, and then we'll... Uh... I was like, are you roasting me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wouldn't that be shitty? Maybe. Hey, I... man, I wrote some jokes about your fucking face. <laughs> I didn't have any time to prepare. Thanks for coming over, man. Oh, you didn't You didn't <laughs> write roast jokes about me, assuming we do this? No, so we're going to roast Sage Rosenfels. Um, I've got the Google Doc up here, so you can just scroll down. I'm going to oh, tell you. And I've got your name next to the ones you're going to tell. Oh, I'm just perfect, gonna start. perfect, perfect. Okay. So let me know when you're on. You're, I'm you're good. good. Yeah. All right. The roast of Sage Rosenfels. Roasting Sage Rosenfels is hard. Not because he's relatively unknown, but because anytime someone named Helwig roasts someone named Rosenfels, it sounds like a war crime. That is hilarious. Well, I'm going to zoom in just a tag because my eyes are not great. Okay, here we go. In high school, or, uh, oh, sorry. In high school, Sage was an amazing athlete. In fact, he lettered in football, basketball, baseball, tennis, track, and having a 45-year-old man's face when he was 17. He's not a good-looking guy. I love it. Sage has played on teams with problematic names. He played on the controversial Washington Redskins, the rapey-sounding Vikings, and the also-rapey Dolphins. However, nothing was worse than his high school, the St. Peter's Pedophiles. Go Feely Friars! Fun fact. In 2007, the magazine Sporting News predicted Sage Rosenfels would be the breakout quarterback of the year. The prediction was submitted by a one-time guest contributor to the publication, Blaze Frozen Pels. <laughs> Never found Blaze uh, writing anything after that. Is it clear that it's him with a fake name? I think that's clear. I think yeah, we got it. We All got right. it. Yeah, All yeah. Right, we got it. It's better when you uh, <laughs> explain it. Rosenfels actually started doing stand-up since retiring. He's pretty good, too. He plays a character on stage that sweats a lot, has CTE, and tags every joke with his signature catchphrase, what else? That's, that might be my favorite one so far. That's good. And that, yeah, that's kind of inside comedy, maybe, but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's great. It's great. In 2018, Sage performed comedy with Steve Renazizi, the comic who lied about being in the World Trade Center on 9-11. After the show, Renazizi said the biggest lie he'd ever told was actually an hour earlier when he in- introduced Sage Rosenfels as a comedian. <laughs> All right. The good news is that while Sage's comedy was unwatchable, it was the first time there was a horrifying disaster and Steve Ranazizi was actually in the building. That's funny. That's really good. All right. Sage hits the radio circuit pretty hard in recent years. They say some people have a face for TV. Some people have a face for radio. And others like Sage have a face for a crow magnet man frozen in the ice. Yeah, again, he's got a very defined chin. Uh, Sage Rosenfels got back to back to Maria in 2011. He was placed on IR, effectively end, ending his career. In fact, doctors told him his only chance for recovery was to retire, start working in TV, then randomly start touring with the guy that lied about 9-11. That's funny. Uh, it's hard to quantify how terrible Sage Rosenfeld's comedy is, but to put it in context, picture the difference between Jim Carrey's comedy and Jim Carrey's paintings. Then picture the difference between Jim Carrey and Sage Rosenfeld's. <laughs> Sage Rosenfeld's football career is like the movie Rudy, a tale of overcoming a relative lack of talent with hard work and determination and eventually getting a moment in the sun and holding your own. Sage's comedy career is like my friend Rudy, this guy I know that got kicked out of an open mic for pissing his pants on stage. <laughs> All right. Sage go. has been roasted. And uh, with that, too, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about Sage. We also mentioned uh, our Beeman. friend Willie Beeman. I like throwing it back with yes. these uh, older. Let's do it. Quarterbacks, and we actually are going to do that right now with a bit we do on the show here called On This Day. So enjoy. Welcome back to another edition of On This Day in Backup History. Today we visit 2014. 
not to see George Clooney in Monument Men, but for a backup quarterback. Jordan Palmer, a career backup and the younger brother of successful NFL quarterback Carson Palmer, recently began working at Exos, a training center for quarterbacks bound for NFL glory. In similar news, Bill Clinton's brother, Dougie Clinton, has a free Zoom class tonight called How I Became the President. Some light comedy there. I, I like uh, the music. It's good, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I, I bought it. Smart move. You got to own everything if you're going to put it up because oh, we just oh, got I'm, on Spotify. I'm aware. With, with yeah. The podcast. They'll, so. they'll, they'll rip it down right away. Yeah. I know. I have, I've read horror YouTube stories. YouTube also. I got, I got really, some, yeah. So I used to do like little in between um, segments with my show with Rachel, and I would play like bits of songs, and YouTube would flag it immediately. I got, I did it like, and it was only like a few seconds. But I did one from Run the Jewels, a few other ones, and they were just yeah. like, they anyway. So just yeah, smart. You bought it with YouTube. I'm telling myself that it's okay for me to um, use the NFL clips because it's like it's fair use because I'm talking about them, so it's yeah. like commentary. But uh, if they pulled all my shit down tomorrow, I would not it, be surprised. It's not clear. It depends. And even people yeah. who work at YouTube I've talked to, they also said it's not – sometimes you can like dispute stuff and they'll – because I, I have a friend who was doing a podcast and he interviewed a musician uh, or like a band or something and played the song and they pulled that video because they didn't have like the rights. And he's like, dude, the guy who made the song is on my show and it was like a whole process. To, That's like, so weird. It's just like the algorithms and shit like that. But, yeah, because like I got – I have my friend's band that's yeah. on Spotify that gave me music that's – appeared in a couple episodes yeah. previous. I wonder if they could do the same thing. Even yeah. though it's like he's literally like, hey, man, use this one. Yeah, but like, there, there's a whole way that you have to go through it. And honestly, oh it's not God. it's not worth the headache. Unless the show is about your friend's band. It's not. Don't. Yeah, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have – he's writing an intro song for me. Well, if it's if it doesn't appear anywhere else, you're fine. But if it already lives somewhere else, that's where it gets tricky. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Okay. Because if it's already on Spotify as mm-hmm. like, hey, this is my music, and then it – Spotify's algorithm like catches it somewhere yeah. else. They'll flag it, and then they have to review it, and there's a whole process. Well, in that case, his music is not on Spotify. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck! All right, well, we'll figure that shit out later. Um, You know what's funny is I have these bits that I do on the show, and I'm yeah. always like, do the first bit 15 minutes in. This is the second week in a row I fucking forgot, so All I'm right. just going to play these bits back to back. Yeah, do it. Why not? We're, we're bit heavy in the, towards the end of the podcast. I, I dig here. it. All right, well, we're going to go for a second bit here. Now, uh, listeners of the show will know that um, when these backups get on the road, Alex gets a little lonely. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they write home. I wonder what that sounds like. Bring in the Backups presents Letters Home from the Bench, November 15th, 1990. Rusty Hilger writes... My dear Hillary, my previous letters made mention of my vexation that the coach refuses to elevate me above my competitor, Jeffrey Scott George. My weariness has only grown, I'm afraid, as Jeffrey has the arm of a union cannon, but the leadership intangibles of a child-loving town deviant. Even last week, I purchased ale for the large men on my offensive line, hoping to ingratiate myself to these brave bulwarks, and in hope of replacing Jeff George myself. I ache for the field, Hillary. 
but fear she may never call my name as long as I live. Give my best to our boys. Go Colts. <laughs> it's a little sad, right? I don't mean it to be sad. I but think it's funny. All right. It reminds me of like a Ken Burns documentary. Well, I to write these, I uh, I did watch a bunch of things where they read letters. Yeah. And it's always so heartbreaking. I think that's why I'm sad because I'm like thinking oh, of. thinking of actual war letters. No, because it's always people being like, what I do for this country. Right. Paid in blood will never make me miss you or the children any less. Tell my – and then, like, the, the guy at the end always goes, the next day, Corporal Johnson was blown to smithereens <laughs> right. at Gettysburg. And you're yeah. like, like – like, oh, It never ends with them being like, and they made it home. Right, yeah. Right. They always pick the dudes that died the day they wrote it. That's I'll, probably how they got the letters that somebody made sure – that like the guy died, and then it was like we better hold on to this letter. This, this is his last thing he wrote. If it was the guy that just came home, they destroyed the letters because he was probably like you know beating the shit out of his wife, <laughs> and it was like not worthy to remember. He's got like horrible PTSD. Yeah, from the Civil yeah, War. It's yeah. Like, not good. The Ugh. Civil War was crazy, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy when it happens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. The I'll sequel's stop. gonna be way worse. No, it's gonna be people just complaining at each other. It's gonna be like the, te- the the tepidness of whatever comes next. Can, I'm, listen, for, uh, jokes aside, like violence is terrible, but really, it's just gonna be people trying to cancel each other. You yeah, know? yeah, be like, oh, I'm gonna get you fired, and it's like, all right, you know. Whatever. I'm so humiliated that this little tangent started with me saying the Civil War was crazy. <laughs> I, that is truly, I have to say, this is five episodes in. That's yeah. the most humiliatingly stupid thing I've ever said on a podcast. Well, you know. The Civil War was crazy. <laughs> Thanks, podcast hosts. Yeah. Appreciate Hot that. take, Eric. <laughs> Cancer's you know what? bad. I don't fucking hold back from anything. The Civil War was crazy. What if I was like, no, it was wonderful. I, yeah. speak, tr- I speak truth to power, all right? That's what I do. Yeah. Um, where did you grow up? Outside of D.C. in Virginia. Okay, because that's where I lived for high mm-hmm. school. Where so like what neighborhood? In Fredericksburg, Virginia. It's about an hour south. Of okay, DC, right yeah, off yeah. ninety five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this maybe yeah, on your podcast. Yeah. I did a trade show there. Oh, really? Yeah, they have. Wait, a, remind the, me. The, the, the Fredericksburg Convention Center. Maybe I don't know. I know that when I was a kid, we went to a Civil War reenactment once, and uh, like my grandpa was visiting, my dad was like, "Let's do like a thing." We went, and we were even my at the time, my dad was like, "This was why would I want to watch mass death re- reenacted? This is yeah. stupid." Well, that's like when I was – so when I was working in Fredericksburg, I was working for a timeshare company in Colonial Williamsburg. So that's like all that that was. Right. Want to see what it was yeah. like to yeah. not have TV or medicine and use yeah. leeches and what war felt like. Right. So, yeah, that was like the whole – that was the – Did we go to Jamestown? Yeah. Yeah. I used to sell day, t- day tickets to Jamestown. Yeah. That was like my whole pitch is I'd be like, uh, hey, do you want two tickets to Jamestown? Come in for this 90-minute presentation where we pressure you right. with these horrific sales practices that you'll feel <laughs> bad about selling to people 10 years later when you go to therapy. That's so funny. That's basically – but, yeah, it was that, that experience you're talking about, like Civil War reenactments, stuff like that. That was, that was – my, my job was selling that right. for a year. Do you think that made you – um, favor underdogs. Like you were always kind of an underdog trying to sell your way into whatever. Mm, that's such a nice take on me helping people lose their money on timeshare. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to see the through line here. You know, I mean, everybody loves underdogs. Who doesn't love underdogs? But but my only thing is just because, a lot of people don't. Well, a lot of people are front running douchebags. They're called Dallas Cowboys fans. Or that's fair. I'll know people who are yeah. like they're from uh, 
you know, they're from Maine, and they're like, I'm like, what are your favorite teams? They're like, I like the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Lakers, oh, yeah. whoever won in hockey last year. Like, they're just like, are the Cowboys good again? I know they were bad. For no, a while. they're terrible. Oh, okay. But they were, but they, they were like owned the '90s. Right for people that are our age, yeah. if you were a front runner, yeah. you love the Dallas Cowboys, right. and you don't watch them anymore when i was a kid i remember it was all like yankees cowboys chicago bulls like those were the three teams of the 90s that just crushed yeah. everything well especially the bulls i mean the yeah. bulls were of course insane yeah complete domination but yeah i you asked about like did the timeshare thing give me like a through line and i've realized that like there's an element of there's a little bit of that in stand-up we're selling ourselves yeah, but also like connecting with people. Yeah, for sales and for stand up, you have to tap in to get them to have an emotional response for it to actually work. Yes, you that's have it. to figure out how to make them emotionally invested, or you're not going to get them. I used to say like if somebody was being an asshole, I'm not proud of this. This is so shameful. This would yeah. be worse than saying the Civil War was crazy. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I, if somebody was being dismissive to me, like a like a like a parent, yeah, um, and they had their kids there, and they're like. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guy. We, uh, we're not going to Colonial Williamsburg. I'd be like, well, your kids seem excited. Maybe you're just not a parent that likes doing things for your kids. <laughs> like, I would say stuff like that, and they'd how, be like, hold, and I'd be, I would just go into my pitch. How often did that backfire on you? I mean, backfire, it's like it doesn't matter. Right, because they were already going to say no anyway. And so, it wasn't, yeah, and here's the thing, like, this is, uh, to, to give a little context, I was traveling yeah. across the East Coast, yeah. flying to different cities, and going to travel shows where, like, the idea was everybody here is selling, you know, the Bahamas or whatever right. little vacation package. So, sure. like, people that were walking down my aisle had just been pitched, yeah. you know, 10, like, it wasn't like I, I was, it. like, surprising them. Sure. So, yeah, but I was also an asshole. I was like, if somebody's going to show me their ass, I'm going to yeah, go. Why not? I don't have good de-escalation when it comes to people making me mad. I think I said before I have like, good emotional intelligence. Right. I have good emotional intelligence when someone's upset. I can usually do a good job of, like, I get what you're saying, comforting yeah. them. You know, like, I'm good with yeah. partners. I'm good with my wife. Um, I'm good with my siblings in that way. When someone pisses me off... Dude, I just go to – I'm, it. like, ready to fight, and it's like I'm not a fighter. Like, I would get my ass kicked, but most people don't want to go. So it's like yeah. I've just given myself permission to act like has that. Has it ever gotten to that point where it has – It almost did a couple weeks ago. I was walking my dog. Yeah. Like, two blocks up. I have a – everybody here knows, but and you do too because he's right here. I have a pit yeah. bull. I'm walking my dog. He's on somebody's yard. But, like, just walking. Like, I'm not, like, taking him through someone's flower bed. Right. And some dude in a Range Rover right off the bat. Yeah. Guy in a Range Rover – Pulls up next to me on the side of the street, maybe like eight feet away from me, and goes like, that dog's on my lawn. I just look at him. I didn't say anything, but like the subject's like, yeah, I'm walking my dog. And he's like, get your pit bull off my lawn. I'll get out of the car. (laughs) Like he's going to come kick my ass. Sure. And the, the thing I said, I don't know why this was like the thing I went to. Well, you have to kill both of us. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, sure. just accelerate into it. the conflict. And it's like, just so, like, he could have a gun. Like, yeah, I gotta, that... it's a part of my personality that I'm like, I'm really trying to work on because it gets you in, I've, I, it gets I, you in trouble. I, so I, when I was younger, was more prone to that. I'm way better about it now. I've actually never been in a fight, like, in life. I've, I've done some, like, light sparring with, like, boxing and jujitsu and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was enough to remind me, like, yeah, this could happen in the real world, but, like, ten times worse. Like, I've been hit full force in the face with a boxing glove. And, like, that, with a 16-ounce glove, even that was like, dude, fuck this. Like, I'm going to tell yeah, jokes. Yeah, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah, and, yeah. But but I I have to remember this 
you know, moment. Like, it's rare that I'll get to that, but there's there's that part of you that's like, I don't know, fuck it, let's try, let's let's, let's dance, baby, let's go. You, you want to step outside? Yeah, I mean, you do have a pit bull. Like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like Gordon. He's a little older, but I think he would step up. You I know? think he, I hope he would step up. I don't know. He's he's a shelter dog. I feel like once he hangs out with friends for ten minutes, he's like, these are my new owners. He's very mellow. Very chill dog. Yeah, but he's, I, but, I, he, but I've seen him get a like he'll get a little aggressive around bigger dogs or like huskies sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, he looks like he could fuck some shit up. So but it's not like he was shitting on the guy's lawn. No, dude, I was literally just walking him. Yeah. But like that's not I'd say like one in ten interactions I'll have with people. Like yeah. if you're just walking down the street, people sure. come the other direction. One in ten interactions is just people being like, Oh, like jumping away from him. I've had people say stuff to me, like, you know, they don't let they don't let you have those dogs in uh in London. Terrible dogs. Like, if I people say that shit to I my feel face. Like God bless America. I almost like, fought that guy at a coffee shop, yeah. like, six months ago. Like, somebody shitting on my dog to me for no reason. Yeah, pe- people really are, like, all or nothing on pit bulls. It's weird. It's very weird. And it's. I think it's changing, though. I think, like, they're getting, like, a whatever. There's a lot of videos about how Michael Vick really, uh, you know, he kind of brought that back into this, you know. He, to be honest, obviously you feel bad for those dogs, but that helped. Because people were like... They saw how fucking abused mm, those dogs were. Right. The people think they're like, oh, yeah, these dogs are trained to fight. It's like, yeah, they're not no. trained. That's abuse. Yeah, of course. And you have to understand that these dogs could just as easily be trained to do anything another dog would do and be, you know, they're like very sweet dogs, generally well, speaking. Well, you know, back in the, I learned this back in the day. People used to actually have pit bulls as like guard dogs for kids. So and like, nanny dogs. Yeah, you knew this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like right. in the Great Depression. Yep. Yep. Like yeah, like there's like all these photos of like I mean, you just think of the little rascals. They got sure. a, they got a pit bull watching the kids. In I mean, that it show. makes sense. Like dogs don't, they're not like wild animals with just attack you. Like they have something has to train that, or someone rather has to train them to do that. Yeah, and there's also a reason that he's a dog and not a wolf. It's because right. he's descended from dogs that used to come close to people when they had fires. That's mm. how they stop becoming wolves. So even pit bulls, you can say, oh, they're bred for this. It's like. Nah, dude, if it's a dog and it's treated well, you're giving it a chance to treat people well. Right. Like, it's really, it's like people. You got to treat them as individuals. I'm on my soapbox. I get it. You know, it's whatever. The, the, point, the point I was trying to make is I got a, I, I have been in, my, my most recent fight was in college. So I would have been like. <laughs> like 10 years ago? I wish. Uh, 21. So, like, I was 14 years ago. Okay. Um. And it was like a one punch thing, but like when I was growing up as yeah. a kid, I was in a new school every year until eighth grade, mm. and I was small for my grade. So there was definitely years where I was getting in fights and getting bullied and like picked on and yeah. had to stick up for myself. So like I think that's what it, like I think that's the core of it is I'm like I'd sure. rather get my ass kicked than have somebody think they can talk to me like that like I, I'm never I get it I'm never gonna start with somebody and be like rude or if I do something yeah. that's untoward I'll like apologize right away it's when someone just comes at me with that it. energy yeah. I can't that's why I think cops need to do yoga before they go out <laughs> like seriously I'm not even kidding like just it. fucking yoga I, try, I know a fair number of cops and yeah we don't have to get into the cop thing too much but <laughs> you're you're on the right track there's it's like I think we should pay them like three times as much and make the training incredibly difficult to pass yeah, that's the best way to weed people out is just yeah. to have like a – it's a fucking uh, – like if we talk about this too long, I'm just going to start talking about The Wire and the game, and you're going to know that I'm basing everything I, off of a show I watched 15 years it's ago. Just, it's just funny that like – so I don't have a, a pit bull, but um, 
I didn't re- like. I know people are afraid of that, but I didn't realize like strangers feel like entitled to just be like, "Hey, your dog sucks." Yes, dude. And there's a thing where like, um, if the dog like does something weird, like there's like stories of people just like shooting people's pit bulls, like being like worried that the dog. It's like it's- I'm gonna I'm gonna make if you do that. You, the human execution on the spot, no trial. Like, fuck. That. I mean, I don't really mean that. But, like, still, that is so disgusting. It's, dude, like, it's one of those things, like, the more you look into it, the more you're like, ugh. It's, you really do become, like, when you have a pit bull, you have to become an right. advocate for the dog. Because sure. people will, like, I had a doc, I was at the fucking doctor. Like, a general care person that I went to go see. And he was like, oh, yeah, what even up to? I was like, oh, I had to take my dog to the vet. He was like, oh, what kind of dog? Pit bull. Ooh, vicious dogs. And I was like, no, they're not. I just said, I was like, no, they're not, man. Like, I, I, I showed him a photo of my dog. I'm like. So that, I mean, seriously, I think people are just manipulating or like buying into media crap that they see. And I yeah, wonder yeah. if we're going to look back on the, how we talk about pit bulls now, the way that we think about how like, like, you know, I, I remember hearing about like when my parents were kids, they learned in history class that like Native Americans were savages and shit like that. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, then, you know, time goes on. It's like, oh, that was like pretty disgusting. And then it's like. If we'll look back, like, yeah, pit bulls, they're not the monsters we thought they it's were. It's definitely, like, like the act of judging the dog by the breed is definitely analogous to racism in that way. I mean, it's, it's not quite as bad, but it's... it's of course, not, no, yeah, it's... I mean, I do I mean, like... The Civil War was crazy. Generally speaking, <laughs> I like dogs more than people, but yes, racism is worse. I also think that. But also, I think, uh, like, you read about the way, like, the, the breed, they call it breedism. Yeah. Um... The way it works is, like, it switches every 20 years. There's, like, a new uh, ire of people. Like, during the uh, World War II, it was German Shepherds. And then it was, oh, like, Jesus. Rottweilers. Yeah. And if you watch movies from, the from like, the 80s, 90s, the bad dogs are always, like, Dobermans or Rottweilers. Interesting. And, they're st- and pit bulls are still considered, like, I do remember, friendly dogs. Remember Beethoven? Yes. That, it's, it's and the, the Dobermans were the bad dogs in that movie. Yes. Absolutely. It'd be and, funny if it got to, like, some absurd breed, right, that, like, is, like, harmless, but they're just fucking annoying, like like Yorkies or something. Like, there's some oh sort of— Oh, my God. It would be, uh, it would be uh, Chihuahuas would be the— They're pretty bad. They, yeah, they are a little mean. But here's the thing. I'm doing the exact same thing I, know, I was right? just saying. I'm sure there's sweet Chihuahuas. I got a little dog thing. I don't love little dogs. Yeah, they're annoying. No disrespect. Some of them are cute, but they're, they're definitely, like, not as fun. They're not as fun. Dude, Gordon was also, he came over here, he's like putting his head in my lap. Or I, like he's like, around. it's like a dude. He's yeah. like, he weighs 70 pounds. Yeah. Like we get, like he comes into bed at night and like pushes me over with his paws. It's like there's a person there. He's got a face like an old man. Yeah. I don't know. To me, big dogs just make me feel, the bigger the dog, the more of a dog it is. Yeah, for sure. And when it's a little dog, I'm like, this is a dog until there's an apocalypse and then it's food <laughs> for the big dog. Yeah, dude, totally. Yeah, like if, if your dog can't, you, if your dog can't, kind of turn back into a wolf when you need him to. That's, that's funny. That, <laughs> it doesn't I, know, feel I see like a people dog hiking with these little like frou-frou dogs in Griffith Park and I was like, dude, there are coyotes everywhere. Like this is a ba- like this is this could end very badly for you. I've, I've had this talk with Liz. I don't know if Gordon could take a coyote. If it's a coyote sneaking up on him? Yeah, but there have you seen one in person? They're smaller than Gordon. They wouldn't they they would at worst growl at him. They can't they, they he's too big. I mean, if there's a pack of them, if there's a pack of them. He's going down. Yeah. But if he just, if Gordon's just one on one with a coyote, I feel like he's taking him. Yeah, I th- yeah, I don't think I think one on one a coyote would just back down. Like they, if they have to fight, I'm dog fighting. I'm mentally <laughs> dog fighting my dog against the coyote. Who wins? Well, here's the thing. I guess truly size doesn't matter because the coyote lives in the wild. If he's just made it to adulthood, he's gone through some real shit. Well, I will say this: Gordon is a rescue. Okay, we don't know. 
The only thing we knew about him when we got him is his name used to be Gucci, and he's from <laughs> South Central L.A. Gucci. So, yeah, so that gives me a little bit wow. of a clue as to what his life was like. Sure. But we don't know. They said that his original owners gave him up. Yeah. Um, he's very mellow. I, you know, some dogs you can see, like, the, the fear in their eyes when you, when you show up. And yeah, he was yeah. just like, oh, what's up, man? Yeah, he was chill. When we went to the, um, uh, whatever, the no-kill shelter and yeah. found him. Yeah, they kept trying to push old dogs on us. Yeah, no thanks. I feel bad for the dogs, but it's like that's a lot. Man. Yeah, they're like they're like, no, this dog's got a lot of life, and the dogs like over in the corner like finishing his will. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's old. He's like shitting in a diaper. Oh my right? god! Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> got like one eye. Yeah, it's no. They uh, they really push those senior dogs. I, I if I, I we talk about like you know when once we give up on our dreams. Moving to a place like in Montana or something, not Montana, just somewhere not in a New not, York or not L.A. Louisiana. Not Louisiana, Lake Charles. Yeah. Uh, and having like a bunch of dogs. That'd if I had cool. like a big property and I could have like yeah. six or seven dogs, I'd be like, give me your fucking senior dogs. I would I'll do bury, that. I'll bury some dogs this year. I would do that if I could hire, if I had the money to hire someone to pick up their shit and feed them. I would just like play with them and then have someone else do so the you work. Need, you need to hire somebody to run your podcast yes. and clean up your dog shit. And Eric, bury them when they die because they're senior dogs and Eric, you're rescuing I'm not doing one a week. Three podcasts to work on the boring <laughs> stuff. I'm I'm doing it to do the fun part and then offload the other shit. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, no, I I get it. I'm I'm listen. I'm gonna create jobs, America. All right. I'm gonna try and hire people. I'm gonna boost the economy. Uh, there's nothing funnier than poor people talking about creating jobs, but I, I appreciate the effort. No, I. It's a dream. It's a our, yeah. Our dream is to give forever homes to senior dogs. I get that. That's sweet. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. I mean, nobody wants them. They need something. You know, like it's. I mean, even if he's got, even if you could get that dog for a week, and that last week, it's could, great. It's beautiful. It's such yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're definitely stretching the term forever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The short term. Yeah, they like hand you a shovel as you're walking. Like, right. You're going to need this. He's going <laughs> to die on the way home. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but it is a sweet thing. And we told, I totally encourage people to do it if you have like the means and like the emotional wherewithal to do it. Yeah, don't just do it and leave it in a kennel. Like you have to like play with the dog. It, it and play with the dog, feed the dog, you know. Yeah. Look, man, uh, we're at a, our. Over an hour, so we should probably uh, yeah. Yeah, I call gotta, it here. I got to run to this other podcast anyway, but this is great. This is really fun. It's really fun, and uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have you back. Yeah. All right, brother. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. To hear more Bring in the Backups or help us grow, please subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a written five-star review. Or subscribe and hit the notification bell on YouTube. For info on the show or how to see Eric live, visit erichelwig.com to hop on the newsletter.